I don't think they even do it anymore, and I'm far too old now anyway. And I suspect the vast majority of all of you out there listening in podcast land are too. But let's take a trip back to the late 20th century. In your younger and more insufferable days, did you ever really want to road trip down to one of those MTV-style spring break week-long mega parties? Each March, the youth-oriented cable channel, once known for ass-heavy music videos and not catfish reruns, would broadcast from some sunny destination like Florida or Arizona or Cancun and switch to a round-the-clock format of college kids getting wasted and dry-humping. Even if MTV wasn't there, the whole vibe was. It was a real scene. Ironically, the desire to attend one of these booze-soaked bacchanals tends to dissipate right around the time that one reaches legal drinking age. But when you're a 19- or 20-year-old underclassman with a light course load and the ability to function on three hours of sleep and a diet consisting entirely of jack-in-the-box tacos and hypnotic, nothing is more alluring. Decamping to a beach at the end of winter with your friends to drink a kiddie pool's worth of alcohol in front of the ocean and maybe appearing on TV for an appreciative audience of suburban 13-year-olds? That's the young, dumb American dream of the 90s. Back in the early 2000s, this was all part of the dream for the subject of today's episode, Katie. That's not her real name. She's got kids and a job in PR for a very large company now. In 2002, she was two-thirds of the way through her sophomore year at a large West Coast university that will also remain unidentified. And Katie did. She lived the dream. She took the plunge and headed down to the unbridled, half-nude, fully-loaded chaos that awaited in the resort city of Lake Havasu, Arizona. She hoped MTV Spring Break would look as good and be as fun as the TV promised. No, she knew it would be. However, and as you can guess by the fact that she's discussing her adventure on a podcast about horrible vacations, it was not up to snuff. It was every bit as bad as we adults know it to be. Lake Havasu was not paradise on Earth. Katie got her spring break. A spring break from all that is sane and logical and comfortable. I'm Andrew Tate, and this is Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, Episode 7, Dope Springs Eternal, or Spring Breakup. We gave it that playful double title like this was a 19th century novel because Katie was an English lit major. Now let's take a trip back in time, all the way back to the very early 2000s. George W. Bush was sort of the president. America's young people couldn't get enough Crazy Town and LFO. There was like one Spider-Man movie, and wild resort citywide spring break get-togethers were a going concern. And Katie was on her way to one of the larger of these events, consisting of lots of drinking and college kids rubbing up against one another. Mm. My boyfriend had asked me to go with him and some of his fraternity brothers down to spring break at Lake Havasu. Katie is referring to Lake Havasu City, a resort destination in Arizona made famous for being one of the westernmost spring break party spots. Central to the area is Lake Havasu, a man-made lake absolutely covered in jet skis. It's also where the real London Bridge is kept, 
Fun fact. Katie, go on. We'd made plans for like around Christmas, New Year's for late March, but then guess what? I'm going to guess that you broke up between planning the vacation and taking the vacation because planning a vacation with a non-spouse partner is a guaranteed way to curse the relationship to failure. We broke up right before Valentine's Day. Oh, sorry to hear that. It was cool, though. We stayed friendly, and I was still friends with a lot of his friends, and some of his friends were kind of dating some of my friends. I still really wanted to go on spring break even though we broke up. And so I did. What a refreshingly positive attitude. Don't be sad because it's over. Be happy because it happened. Blah, blah, blah. Seriously, though, good on you. Take that trip. It's kind of our bread and butter around here. We wouldn't be sharing a room or even riding down in the same car. The only other issue here was that after we broke up, but before spring break, I started dating this new guy. And he did not want to go on spring break, I'm assuming. We were getting pretty serious, but he didn't really want to go on spring break because he didn't have the money and had to work his campus job. So I still had to go on this trip. Well, I wanted to go on this trip. I offered to cancel though. But she didn't really want to cancel. I didn't really want to cancel. And he said he was cool with me going, even though I don't think he was. I mean, obviously he wasn't. At the time, I thought he was just kind of miffed that I got to go on vacation and he didn't had to stay back and work. So like jealousy, but not, you know, jealousy. So I leave and he freaks out. But I don't really find out that he freaked out for a couple of days. Now here's where things get really weird, paranoid, and frankly alarming with regard to Katie's new boyfriend she left back at college. Let's call him Kyle. Kyle. That's his name. Yeah, that's his real name. Kyle apparently stayed back and got himself so worked up over what Katie was doing on spring break a few hundred miles away without him that he convinced himself his nightmare situation had come to pass. Yeah, he probably thought I was just sleeping with guy after guy, just unable to control myself around dudes just because it's spring break and they're shirtless. I'm not a cheater. And the guys I was with were my friends and they all had girlfriends too. I'm not a cheater. I was doing nothing more than just drinking. A lot. As one does on spring break. But yeah, Kyle was extremely insecure. And how did Katie find out about Kyle's private patronizing freakout? He emailed the female. This was what? 2002? Nobody really had cell phones and so there wasn't texting. If you wanted to stay in touch without calling, you had email. And spring break in Lake Havasu, there weren't a whole lot of ways to check your email. There was one sketchy internet cafe, and my motel had what they called a business center, which was an old computer with dial-up internet. I went down there to check my email because I wanted to see if my grades from winter term had been finalized yet. They were. Four A's and a B plus. Thank you very much. What else, though? What else, though? Like 20 or 30 emails from Kyle. No subject line on any of them and just like one line in the body. Accusing, inflammatory, hostile stuff. Definitely not the kind of stuff you want to get while you're on vacation and certainly never from a romantic partner. Where are you? What is going on? Is everything okay? I'm so scared. Be honest with me. Why can't you be honest with me? I know you're having sex with somebody else. How can you do this to me? Only one email was a bit longer, and it baffled and scared Katie. I don't know if it scared me. It probably should have. 
If anything, I found it extremely annoying. Like, thinking about it makes me mad now. And tired. Kyle ranted about how he had seen Katie on TV and how she had deeply embarrassed herself and, by proxy, humiliated him as well. You looked so cheap degrading yourself on MTV, chugging all those drinks while you're almost naked while all those guys you probably slept with right after cheered you on, right after you banged your ex you say you're totally over but I know you're not. And then there's the kicker. Screw it. I'm coming down there. There. Meaning here, I guessed. We'll address Kyle descending on Havasu because that's the big end-of-act twist here. But first, and here's the puzzling part, Katie hadn't appeared on TV. She had done all the things he said that she had done, at least the drinking part of things, but none of it had aired on MTV. MTV wasn't in Lake Havasu that year. They were in, I think, Cancun or something. So he's either lying that he saw me on TV or just so full of rage that he convinced himself that some girl that looked like me was in a drinking contest on TV. What's weird is that I had won a drinking contest while a bunch of dude bros cheered me on, but I didn't go home with any of them. I didn't even see my ex the whole trip. He got really bad food poisoning on day one and spent the whole week in his motel room throwing up. But that part of his fantasy scenario did happen. Also, he didn't have cable, so he was probably lying about all of it, sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. But change is good. I'm now doing much better because of it. Never stop growing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy can empower you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Every single person out there can benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com paradise today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot paradise. Let's get back to Kyle's decision to drive hundreds of miles from his college town down to Lake Havasu to, I don't know what, confront Katie? Shame her in front of her friends? Drag her back to school and continue their blossoming romance as if he hadn't done all of this? I don't know. I'm sick to my stomach now because he says he's gonna come down here and find me or something. Not that I was doing anything bad. The whole situation was just very frightening and I didn't know he was such a controlling guy. Katie tried to get in touch with Kyle to calm him down or dissuade him from coming, but to no avail. I wrote him back really fast, just saying, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything is cool and calm here and I'll be home soon. Don't get all upset. I probably should have been a lot more direct, but I was very upset and wanted to avoid confrontation. Then I found a payphone and called Collect and he didn't answer. So I figured he had probably left. Yes. 
Kyle, the newly discovered to be terrible boyfriend, was en route to Lake Havasu. More specifically, well, no, not more specifically. Katie still had a buffer. He didn't know where I was staying or anything. At least I knew he wasn't going to come to my room and confront me, but I still just dealt with this impending annoyance of him about to arrive any minute. If he does get here, when he gets here, I'm obligated to be near email so I know he's around and then go meet him and calm him down. It was just a drag. He'd already pretty much ruined spring break and he hadn't even showed up yet. Because I couldn't enjoy myself wondering when he was going to show up and then mentally preparing myself to dump the guy and fear an overreaction. And then Katie had a change of heart. Why should she wait around for this guy she instantly didn't even like anymore? Because he got controlling and weird? To reward all that? No way. I got out and did stuff. Beach parties, motel room parties, a lot of drinking, dancing, just, you know, fun. I sent him one last email just to clear things up, to tell him, okay, I'll see you when you get down here, if I see you. So Katie goes about her business and the week is already starting to wind down. Even at the age of 20, the human body can't party all day every day without eventually feeling some negative effects. I keep doing my thing and I'm not even thinking about Kyle. Then I remembered and I figured I should probably go down and check my email to see if he's around lurking somewhere. And there's a short, strangely calm message from Kyle. I get an email that says he checked into this motel, which happened to be across the street from mine and this room number. He's right there and I haven't seen him in a day and a half or so since he's been there. So, Katie took a big pull from a bottle of tequila for the purposes of courage, confidence, and pragmatism, and not, as she had been doing all week, out of the desire to drink tequila because it's fun to drink tequila. I brought one of the frat guys with me in case things got weird or he tried to drag me home or something. We find his room, knock on the door, no answer. It's unlocked, then we go in. But Kyle wasn't there. His backpack and a couple of articles of clothing that Katie recognized were laying on the bed. So was his wallet. The wallet was there, but his license was gone. No credit cards or cash. His student ID was in there, so we knew it was his. And here is where this uncomfortable story about spring break and terrible guys turned into a missing persons case. And now I'm the one who's worried about him. And at the time, it at least seemed like I was justified feeling this way because it looked like he'd been kidnapped. All very unsettling. There was one more discomforting object in the room, seemingly left behind by Kyle. A piece of paper with a phone number. So I call it from the room phone and it's an answering machine message with a guy coldly saying a date and a time. 325-535. I'll probably always remember those damn numbers. But what did it mean? Coordinates? Another phone number, albeit an incomplete one? A combination for a bus station locker where Kyle's remains, uh, remained? Me and the guy I was with tried to come up with some kind of answer, or some kind of logical answer about what it was. We couldn't come up with anything, or at least anything we could investigate. Katie decides to go back to her motel and check her email again to see if there's any sort of communication from Kyle. There isn't. So now I'm worried and annoyed that I'm worried. This guy ruined my whole trip and now he might be dead and he's going to somehow make me feel guilty about it. That is not fair. It really isn't. The rest of the day went by 
and then the night, and then the next day began, and it was time for Katie and her crew to head back home. Still no trace of this guy who said he was coming to stop me from doing whatever it was I was doing. And he actually kind of did that because the last day and night I just kind of hung out in my room alone and watched TV. And so Katie bid adieu to Havasu. I slept most of the way back. I get back to school, get to my room and check my email. Totally out of habit, not even thinking about Kyle anymore. It's like I'd already broken up with him mentally and put him out of my mind. And yet there he was to remind her of his annoying existence again. There was an email from Kyle. All chipper and cheerful. Hey, babe, where you at? Sorry I haven't come by. I met this dude at my motel and got invited to this secret poker game and went on for like an entire day. The good news is that I won five grand and I want to take you out to dinner. What time do you want to meet? And so, her heart full of love and forgiveness, Katie hitchhiked back to Lake Havasu, found Kyle, and kissed him deeply while the sun set over the water behind them. Nah, I'm kidding. I actually never saw him again. He never came back to school. I have no idea what happened to that guy. He's probably just stuck in some other endless poker game or making life miserable for some other girl. But Katie wasn't having any of that. One last question. Katie, did you ever do spring break again? Of course. Hit Daytona the next year. It was fantastic. That's great to hear. Well, here we are, at the end of the episode. The story may be over, but the learning hasn't stopped. Here, then, is another installment of Andrew's Travel Tips. Tip number one, take your phone. Today's story took place in the early 2000s when people justified getting a cell phone because it would be good in emergencies. Emergencies happen on vacation. Katie could have used a cell phone. We live in an age where they're very commonplace and relatively affordable. At least pick up a burner down at the Walgreens. Tip number two, don't be afraid to be unreachable. All of that that I just said about the importance of a cell phone on vacation, yeah, that's for you if you need to contact someone. If you've just started dating somebody and you aren't quite sure yet who they are, to the point where you're not even going on trips together yet, it's perfectly acceptable to go on a friend's trip with whoever you choose and not reveal the details to your sort of partner back home. Tip number three, stay hydrated. Seriously, there was so much unbridled and voluminous alcohol consumption in this episode that it's making my mouth feel all dry and crusty. Whether you're drinking at home or on vacation, get yourself a coconut water or a sports drink along the way, friends. Well, spring breakers, the party's over. Until next time, thanks for listening to Welcome to Paradise. It sucks, and don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. While you're at it, follow me at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram for more updates on upcoming episodes, and check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, and Odd Trails at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got the worst vacation experience, we want to hear about it. It could form the basis of the next classic episode. Tell us about it. Please email us at welcometoparadiseitsucks at gmail.com. 
Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud 10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andrew Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Brian Boone and Devin Ruskin. The audio engineer is Trevin Barty. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.